Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Emaw podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tillery, and it is a beautiful Wednesday. I hope you're having the same wherever you're at. It's been nice in Kansas City the last couple of days, and I'm hoping for that stretch to continue. But before we do get into this podcast episode, let me just say, if you're interested in subscribing to the show, rating, reviewing, whatever you can, wherever you get your podcast set, whether it be Spotify, Apple Music, you know, Deezer, Pandora, there's a bunch of different options you can go to. Go ahead, give us a five-star rating on the show. Send it over to Pete Mundo. That's Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Send it his way, and you will get yourself a free Heartland College Sports koozie to keep your beers cold for the rest of the summer. I know it's closing down, but either way, keep your beers cold for the rest of the year. Whatever you want to do, do it in a Heartland College Sports koozie. We appreciate you guys. Today, we've got some basketball to talk about, some actual basketball where dudes are on the court playing opponents that aren't just the same guys in scrimmage jerseys we've got things to talk about first impressions from the israel select game k-state taking on israel select down on a trip in tel aviv i believe it's been an awesome thing to watch and i was so excited to see our first impressions of guys like tyler perry guys like arthur kaluma obviously some other guys like cam carter taking taking another step forward not necessarily a portal guy but seeing a guy that has been talked about all offseason you know naquan talman in that same vein we get to see a first-look impression some of the freshman guys, basically everybody on the roster, but there is one new addition that did not make the trip. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a new basketball player on our hands in Manhattan. We've got Quez Glover, a senior guard from Samford, played for the Bulldogs, and was an absolute stud there the last two seasons. Started his career off at Florida, a teammate of Keontae Johnson's for two years, before Keontae ultimately comes to K-State, has his great career, then goes to the NBA, and plays for the Thunder. We got Quez Glover. And let me read you some stats here. I'm sure you've looked into the guy by now, but if you haven't, for our listeners, let me go ahead and pull up his stats. It was incredible to see, because as soon as the game finished, basically, maybe 30 minutes after the announcement was released, that K-State added Quez Glover in the portal. So Quez Glover, I mean, if you want to look at his 247 page, it's going to be a little bit deceiving. He wasn't a huge prospect coming out, but he did earn a three-star ranking. Wasn't a nationally ranked prospect, but the 51st ranked point guard in the country and the ninth best player in the state of Tennessee that was in the class of 2018. So while at Florida, he didn't do much. I'm just not going to sugarcoat it at all. He didn't do a ton, but he didn't get many looks either. I mean, the first year, so freshman season, he had 12.4 minutes per game, averaged 4.4 points. You know, nothing crazy in terms of rebounds or assists. He's kind of a smaller guy, so he's not going to be chalking up rebounds left and right. Six-foot-tall guard, 180 pounds. Sophomore year, once again, gets even less minutes, 8.4 minutes per game, averages 2.5 points per game, didn't see a ton, um, and didn't get a ton of productivity at that level. Elects to go to Samford, jumps in the transfer portal, transfers over to Samford. Absolutely sets the conference on fire. One of the players of the year, guy was a stud, averaged 19.2 points per game, 4.4 assists per game, and 2.8 rebounds per game in 29 games over 31 minutes played. Last season, didn't get all his games out of the way. Didn't get to play everything. This is his senior year. This will be his fifth year senior when he's with K-State. As a senior at Samford, in 19 games, averaging about 25 minutes a game, so still not you know, a full starter for the Sanford Bulldogs, 14.7 points, 2.5 rebounds, 2.1 assists on 48% shooting from the field. And the biggest thing here, if you haven't watched this guy's tape, he is a scorer. He can score the basketball at ease. He's a three-point dog. The guy can shoot well, and it's a test to him. I mean, he didn't start, like that wasn't a strength for him. He didn't start off being a 40% you know, shooter from three. Let me read you his three-point shooting just to give you a perspective on that. As a freshman at Florida, 24.4%. That's not good. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That is not good. Sophomore year, took a little bit more of a step forward. Obviously played less minutes and less games. 25% from three. Not not great, 
But junior year, averaging 19 points, just a shade a shade below 20 points per game, shot 30.8% from three, which still, once again, isn't incredible, but you're making three out of 10, which is impressive considering you're, you're averaging 20 points a game and you're not shooting 40 from three or 38 from three. Senior year, averaging 14.7, shoots 38% from three, his highest three-point percentage of the season. He's a stud, man. The guy's ready to go. And honestly, with how hard he's worked at this, I could very easily see him becoming a 40% shooter under Jerome Tang from three. So when talking about great shooters, a lot of people will immediately point to free throw percentage to decide, you know, okay, is this guy, you know, a volume shooter? Is he just chuck up a lot of threes? What's the case? Quez Glover, freshman year, hardly shot any free throws. Let it be known. 53% from the line at Florida. Massive jump in year two. 90.9% from three, excuse me, not three, uh, from free throws. Not a ton. I mean, obviously that's a great free throw percentage, but still didn't get a ton of volume. I mean, he's only seen, you know, 10 minutes a game collectively in both. Junior year, saw a ton of free throws. Shot just a shy, just shy of 80% from the free throw line. Took another jump in his senior year, 85% from the free throw line. He's capable of being a great shooter. I mean, I think at K-State, he could be in that 87, 88 range from the free throw line, which realistically could tie into about a 40% three-point shooter guy. However, my question would be this. And if we didn't see the Israel Select game, I would have said that Quez Glover has a better shot to start on this team than I thought. However, this is the difference. Cam Carter looks incredible on the court. He looks like a dog. That dude is bigger, stronger, and faster than the guy we saw last year by a sizable amount. He looks more confident. He's playing with ease. It's worry-free basketball. And to steal a quote from Bobby Wood Jr., however, it's about baseball— Worry-free basketball is the best type of basketball. When you're not worrying about what you have to do, you don't have to worry about your assignment. You just know what you're expected to do. Okay, in this look, I do this. In this look, I do this. That's where Cam Carter's at right now. Last year, didn't have that. And that's a test of just being young in the system. It's your first year, but you started 30 games, 32 games for K-State. So he knows. I mean, bro, there's a lot of pressure on Cam. And I don't know if Cam sees it that way, but the coaching staff has embraced this idea that Cam Carter has taken Marquise Noel's work ethic and applied that to himself. If that tells you anything, this dude's going to be a stud. And keep in mind, he's only a junior. He's got time to continue to blossom. I could very easily see Cam Carter being a great player this year. And if you want evidence of that, because I think Quez Glover, he's going to either be a point guard behind Tyler Perry or a two guard mixing in with Cam Carter. However, I know Tang is never tied to a lineup. You know, it kind of changes on a nightly basis. Whether Quez comes in as a backup point guard kind of in that Desi Sills role, or he goes into the two-guard spot as we went later in the season with Desi, he's going to be a volume player that K-State needs. He's another senior guard. Tang was vocal about like, hey, we got to add a senior guard in the class, and we've still got another spot to add. Probably going to be a big, I would assume. But the impressions we saw from the Israeli select game, let me just mention this. Obviously, it wasn't a blowout, and there's a lot of garbage about people saying, well, Arizona beat that team by 50. Yeah, I mean, we're also playing everybody on our roster, a lot of who have never played college basketball before. It's an off-season game. There's no point in overreacting to this and saying, well, we're screwed or we're this and this. Just look at the good things. Take those away. The things you want to see are, okay, does this guy have it? Does he pass the eye test? And there's a lot of guys that pass that test. Let me read you through the stat sheet here. I, I don't know what I expected in this, but if you told me that Cam Carter was going to be the second leading scorer on the team, I wouldn't have questioned it. But I'd be interested. I'd be very interested. I do want to start off by saying Arthur Kaluma is absolutely that dude. Absolutely that dude. And I know these are going to be inflated stats just based off the fact we play four quarters, but it still was 40 minutes of basketball. I mean, it's still the same amount of time, but it is going to be elevated just in the sense that players get to rest more. 
You're starting a new lineup realistically every quarter at this point. It's just going to be different in its own way. So the time distribution. Guys that played a ton. Naquan Talman had the most minutes on the squad with 35 minutes, which is huge. Getting Naquan fit, getting him you know, higher endurance than last season, and not fouling as much. I know it wasn't crazy, but like, Quan didn't have too much of an issue in this game. 35 minutes, it wasn't ridiculous in terms of like points or rebounds, but like he had a solid day. Went two for two from the free throw line. In total rebounds, grabbed I think five on the day. Three defensive rebounds, two offensive rebounds, and then 10 points. It It was a 10 and five day for Naquan Tomlin. Nothing wrong with that at all. You know, his plus minus was plus eight. Not a bad thing at all. Then you jump to Mr. Arthur Kaluma, who only played 31 minutes, and I say only just because, you know, if you get Tomlin 35 or Perry 35, Kaluma's probably in that category immediately. However, Arthur Kaluma goes 8 of 11 from the field. Kaluma shoots 72% from the field. 8 of 11 on the day. You know, two-point makes, he was 5 of 6. Three-point makes, he was 3 of 5. Free throws, 4 of 5. He didn't really miss many shots at all. So you get three assists from Arthur Kaluma. That's fine. How about this? Out of Arthur Kaluma. Because I, I don't know what I expected, per se. Five rebounds, that's fine. One rebound on the offensive side of the glass, four on the defensive side of the glass, good with that. How about 23 points on the day? That's awesome. The guy was a stud. I mean, I know I felt closer to having a Keontae Johnson on the court than I did a Marquise Noel in this game, and I don't mean to just say, like, everybody on this team lives in that type of... I'm not going to put him into that box. However, Arthur Kaluma passed the eye test. He's a dude. He's an NBA player. That is A-OK. He was shooting the ball well from three, which is what people were very critical of, okay? If he can take that next step forward, that's what'll be next for him. If he can take that element on the defensive side of things. He's a defender. He's an athlete. That guy is ready to go. And let me talk about the size on this unit. At one point, we had Jarrell Colbert in, 6'10", closer to 6'11". Naquan Talman in, 6'9", 6'10". Excuse me, I think he's just 6'10". Arthur Kaluma, 6'7", 6'8". Those were our three big dudes. That's a big unit. That is some big dudes on the court. Moving up next, another guy didn't play a ton. Michaela Rich, a freshman, we saw six foot seven, two fifty. His athleticism speaks for himself. Only played seven minutes in this game. I know it was a pretty even distribution for all players. Wasn't anything crazy, but he was fighting on the offensive glass. Love to see that. It's still a question mark for all three freshmen if they're going to play this season or not. We'll talk more about that going forward. My guy, Jarrell Colbert. Absolutely love what I saw from Jarrell Colbert. I know there was a couple of spots where it's okay. Yeah, you got to finish that. Got to do this. He absolutely was a stud on the glass. He was boxing people out. He was getting dunks. He was getting free throw opportunities, getting to the line. Didn't have a ridiculous day, but had four total rebounds, two and two, offensive, two and two. Defensive had, I think, second most turnovers with two. That just happens, man. When you're a big guy, sometimes you get stripped like that. He was really efficient. Even though it was four, four points, wasn't anything crazy. He was fighting on the glass, and that's different. Having a guy that's six foot 11, 240, that's a different thing than we've had last season. You know, last year, you look at our five, it was David Gasson, who also is absolutely balling with the Netherlands team and looks great. I'm excited for Dave, Dave Gasson to get back with the squad, but I'm pumped to watch Jarrell Colbert block a lot of shots. That's the biggest thing. I saw a lot of blocks from Colbert. He was all around. Defensively, the guy was ready to go. Taj Manning, Taj is a defender. That is what the dude is meant to do, defending and rebounding. Didn't score in this game, that's fine. I'm not looking for him to light up the score sheet immediately or anything, but like, The dude is a stone-cold defender. I mean, sideline to sideline, that guy's getting after it. I believe he had two rebounds in this game. Didn't get anything too crazy in terms of minutes. Had six minutes. I think it was the least of anybody on the team. But that's fine. I mean, started the game off. We'll see a different lineup just about every week. R.J. Jones, that is a surprise to me. 
I didn't expect RJ to be as good as he was immediately. And I know you can consider the competition whatever you want to. There's NBA G League guys on Israeli select who are balling. It's not like they're playing bums out there. I mean, these are skilled players that are some of the world's best, even though that I'm sure I'll get a little bit clown for that. These are guys that can be NBA players. So take that how you will, however you want to say that. R.J. Jones surprised me. In 17 minutes, had 13 points, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, went 5 of 7 from the field. How about 60% from 3, going 3 of 5? R.J. surprised me, man. He is a capable scorer already. Of the freshmen, I think I, I think R.J. is going to get a lot of minutes in terms of that 6-7 spot. We'll see how that goes. You know, you're, you're coming in as a backup guard. Kind of that Cam Carter from last year. I could see that being R.J. in the event that he doesn't redshirt. You don't know which guys are going to show up in redshirt until you do, realistically, but how about Cam Carter? I mentioned it earlier. 31 minutes in this game, 6 of 16 from the field. Sure, that's not great, 37%. But he was the dude that we wanted the ball in the hands of. Cam Carter was doing it all. 4 of 8 from the free throw line, that's got to improve. Sorry. Went 3 of 8 in terms of free throws, that's got to improve. I'm not going to lie about it, that's got to improve. Because Cam left a lot of stuff out on the board, but the dude had 10 re- He had a double-double in this game. 10 rebounds, 17 points. It wasn't anything that I... I didn't expect Cam to go 10-17. and 17. And of the 10 rebounds, 9 of them were defensively. He was grabbing boards left and right and moving it up the field. Had a throwdown dunk, had a couple of threes, had some big buckets. He looks like a player who's taken a step forward. He does. He's going to be a dude who contributes big minutes, and I think Cam could sneak into that All-Big 12 team category. The way he was playing against these dudes, if he can continue that in the Big 12, which you saw that last season to an extent, Cam strikes me as a 15-point average guy. That's what I saw from this. This was what I saw. I was impressed. I was 100% impressed. Last couple of guys here were rounding down the list. Dot Ames didn't get to see the court a ton. I mean, 15 minutes, 0 for 4 from the field. That happens. It's not going to be great every time. Did get two free throws, a pair of free throws, had some good defensive plays, but nothing ridiculous. I mean, he's a freshman. Dorian Finister, 8 minutes from the field, didn't play a ton. I kind of wanted to see a little bit more out of him. 1 for 2 from the field, had a putback uh, layup there late. Also had a free throw, went three points in the game, a couple of rebounds, didn't do anything too crazy, but still wanted to see a little bit more out of him, the next guy. And this is someone that impresses me. Tyler Perry, 35 minutes, they gave him the Marquise Noel spot, for sure. 4 of 12 from the field, I get that, it's going to happen. You're not sitting here trying to grade this and say, these guys underwhelmed, they're not good anymore, these guys are too good. These, you know, you're not really looking at that, you're just looking at how the team passes the eye test. Ended up having 7 rebounds, which is pretty impressive considering his size. 7 assists on the day, that's a great thing to see. Ended up finishing with 17 points, 7 rebounds. That's a good day. So he goes 17, 7, and 7. 3 rebounds, 3 assists short of a triple-double. And I'm not going to sit here and say this. We're not going to win a national championship because of beating Israel Select. You know what I mean? That's not going to say what I'm going to say. However, there's so many flashes of athleticism, of teamwork, of camaraderie, of things you see on the court that's like, I could see this translating a couple weeks from now. And there's more people headed to Manhattan that we don't even know about. So what I'm going to say this. The starting lineup to me is going to be fluid. It's going to be absolutely fluid until someone steps up in certain spots. Cam Carter is starting every game. After seeing what I saw today, he is starting every game. Unless Quez Glover comes in and is just ridiculously leaps and bounds better than we think he might be, even though he's a 15-point, 16-point average guy, he's got to beat out Cam Carter or Tyler Perry. And that's just not immediately going to happen. But they could run a three-guard set. I mean, you get Quez, Cam, and Tyler Perry out there. But I think it's just a safe bet to say what we saw there I like Tyler Perry at the one, he's going to start. I like Cam Carter at the two, he's going to start. Personally, I don't know. I mean, there's a couple of guys that fall into the next spots. Because I think we're going to go for a big body lineup. To be perfectly honest with you, I think we're going to see more big guys. My brain tells me at the three, they're going Arthur Kaluma. This is positionless basketball, folks. This is how it works. You start five guys who are good at basketball. 
at the four, Naquan Tomlin, and at the five, some combination of David Gasson, Jarrell Colbert. Because what I've seen out of Gasson in the Netherlands, that dude is looking stupid athletic. And I know that David Gasson didn't get a ton of love for, like, his ability. He grew up playing guard. Like, he was a guard. He kind of had that Naquan Tomlin thing going for him. And then he bulked up at Virginia Tech, bounced around the portal, finds Kansas State. Dave Gasson is going to be a good player in the fall, too. But I like Jarrell Colbert. I love Jarrell Colbert matching up with some guys. Oh, I threw my phone. But I like Jarrell Colbert. I like Colbert matching up with some big body dudes. Like, if you're going to have someone defend Hunter Dickinson, Jarrell Colbert's the closest thing you have to a stopper. I mean, that's a big body dude. He's going to block a lot of shots. I trust Jerome Tang. I trust his coaching staff. And I can't wait to see what happens going forward. I mean, realistically, these guys are ready to go. And that was what you saw in Israel. And you're going to see it again on Thursday in Mexico. You're going to see another matchup of all these guys hitting the court. I wish Quez could get over there in time, but obviously that's just not the case for a guy you haven't fully had in the building yet, I assume. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think the message I could give to all of you before I finish this episode off, don't let your expectations get ahead of you to the point of, we're not going to do anything in the Big 12, or we're going to be too good, we're going to win the Big 12. Don't let that happen. This is an off-season game against a team we're just going for mostly a vacation and to represent Kansas State and build the brand. And a little bit of basketball mixed in. It's good for the fans to see. It's good for people to enjoy a couple of dunks from Naquan Talman, from Arthur Kaluma, Cam Carter. It's good to see some of these guys get action. But don't chalk this up as us trying to win every single game 100%. This isn't our end goal. Because realistically, there's a good shot that Michaela Rich maybe decides to redshirt or maybe you get Dida Ames. Even RJ could potentially. I don't think he will because he's got he's got upside. Both Everybody in the court is upside for K-State right now. But you're realistically going to have six or seven guys that take the majority of the minutes. And then you'll get a couple of those 15-minute guys. It's not set in stone. But it's great to see guys like Jarrell Colbert hit the floor. It's great to see guys like Taj Manning at the court. It's good to see guys plug and play into places. Because you know what you're going to get from Arthur Klum. You know what you're going to get from Tyler Perry. But seeing them pass the eye test is huge. And I'm so excited to see it again on Thursday. I imagine I'll talk about it next week, talk about it in that episode, unless something crazy happens and we figure out another player to add in the portal. I'll go a little bit more on what I've seen from Quez, as well as some of his stats and things going forward on his portal tapes. If you haven't seen that video, go ahead and look up some Quez Glover highlights. He's got a lot of them. You'll find them. I promise you that. But guys, thank you so much for listening to the Everything Emob podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I will see you bright and early on next Wednesday. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you have a wonderful day, and go Cats!